Uh, we've been, have you been blessed with, with our visitors from CCF Maine? CCF Manila? Are you amazed at how God is building His church? You know, from a small group, they're now CCF Makati, and they now have what? 1,000 worshipers? Parang pumasok tayo sa kuweba. Diba? Nakuweba tayo, nakuweba. Yan. Ayusin, ayusin. Yan. Bogey, pakiayos mo nga. Yan. Thank you. And then, we listened to Pastor Net Gochwiko. You know, he did not have time to share his background. But believe it or not, Net Gochwiko used to be part of the Communist Party of the Philippines. Remember before? Maybe we were a little smaller during that time. I shared with you a person who was so angry at his father that when he came to know Jesus, his prayer was that my father not come to know Jesus because I do not want to see my father in heaven. That was Pastor Net Gochuiko. But two months, two months before his father passed away, he was able to share the love of God and his father came to faith in Jesus. You can be used if you let God use you. Pastor Jim Welchel, our head of international missions, came to share with us about some distinctives, actually one distinctive of CCF LA and CCF as a church. He shared with us that one of the distinctives is volunteer lay leadership. This is what distinctive of CCF as a church. But today, I would just want to ask us some questions. What is the church? Well, some say some things. Some say other different things. But if you allow us, allow me to show you from Scripture how we should look at and how we should answer that question. I know you just stood up and you sat down. May I ask you to please stand up again? And after a little while, I will ask you to sit down again. So let's just read these short verses. Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Shall we all read this together? He said to them, Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Your word will pierce our heart, as your word says. And Father, it is my prayer that you will speak to us individually, even collectively, Lord God, that we may hear your voice, that we may learn what you want us to learn, and that in obedience, Lord, we will obey it. Apart from you, Father God, we can do nothing. So I confess my total dependence upon the leading and empowerment of your Holy Spirit. It is you who will speak to the hearts of your people, Lord God, and we will be pleased to listen. This is our prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 
Now, just a brief background. This is Jesus, and he was asking Simon. Simon Barjona, which means, Barjona means son of Jonah. So, who was the father, or what was the name of the father of Peter? Jonah. He said, Simon Barjona. He said, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter. And Peter's reply was, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So Jesus asked Simon, and Simon replied, Who are you? Simon replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Redeemer. You are Christ's Holy One. You are the one whom God the Father sent for the salvation of the world. And when Jesus heard this, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. You notice that he changed the name from Peter, from Simon Peter. He changed it. And he said, Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So revelation comes from God. And revelation comes to us from God through His Word. And He said, I also, I also say to you that you are Peter. You see the change from Simon to Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. So Jesus was already telling Peter that Jesus was going to build his church. And the foundation, the rock upon which that church was going to be built was not upon Peter, but upon what Jesus Christ was going to do. Because Jesus Christ is the rock. He is the rock of our salvation. So many people, when we ask what the church is, well, see, I will build my church. Therefore, the answer is the church is a building. Did you come to church this morning? Yes or no? Did you see the building? Does it look more or less like this? It has a steeple, it has doors, it has pews, it has chairs, it has a platform or an altar. Yes? But you see, the church is not just a building. The church is just not a building. The church or the building is that which houses the church. Cathedrals only began to rise up 300 years after the death of Jesus Christ. It was only 300 years after that organized religion or institutionalized churches began to rise up. And Pastor Jim shared with us last week that ordinary people were not allowed to read the Bible. It was prohibited from them to own a Bible and to read the Bible because the institutionalized church would be under threat that all of these people came to know the Word of God. This was during the time of King Constantine where the authority of the church 
as an organization was threatened. Now, if a church is a building, then how do we reconcile these verses? Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and also Nympha and the church that is in her house. Did you greet the building when you came in? <laughs> this Nympha, she's very rich. Look at her house. It can accommodate a church inside her house. Do you see that? Greet and also Nympha, the church that is in her house. Ang laking bahay nito. My wife and I were privileged to visit with Pastor Martin Sanders in San Diego. They have an American friend who is into real estate. They have a 20-foot tall Christmas tree inside their living room. 25-foot Christmas tree inside the living room. Daig siya ni Nimpa. Inside Nimpa's house is a church. Imagine. How about this? The churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Prisca greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Ang lalaki pa na ng mga bahay nun. And look at this church. If the church is a building, the church is greeting. Ba, nakakapagsalita pala? Aba, how about this one? Also greet the church that is in our house. Greet Epanetus, my beloved, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. So churches were all over. There was a church in Asia. There was a building. Kung ganun nga lang. Romans 16, 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Oh. When you came in, did the building greet you? No. It was probably not Miguel who greeted you. Welcome to CCF. Welcome to CCF. But the building did not. Good morning. Come. Worship is at 9.30. No. Because many people, they will take that. Oh, I will build my church. Oh, be the building. Sabi ko na building eh. But we're seeing that it is not a building. Ito pa. The news about them reached the ears of the church. Oh, may nakita ba kayong tenga? Nung pumasok? Wala. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. The church, my dear brothers and sisters, is not a building. You know who this The church is an organization. Yes or no? Well, some people say the church is a building. Some people say that the church is just an organization. Right? When did organized church begin to exist? King Constantine in the 300 years after the death of Christ. A.D. Anno Domini after the death of Christ. Later, he legalized religious freedom. He was a Roman emperor. And you know what they did to Christians in the early church, right? They were fed to lions. They were persecuted. They were put to death. 
King Constantine, or Constantine the Great, legalized religion. It is said that he later on himself became a Christian. However, politics entered Christianity. It was now acceptable. It was now fashionable to be part of the organized church. So much so that people began to pay so that their relatives could be part of the church and therefore exercise power, position, prestige. Now, if a church is just merely an organization, then it has a life cycle. It has a start. Any organization has a start. It has a mission and vision statement. As they implement their mission and vision, there would be rapid growth. And then at a certain time, that level of growth would begin to taper off and we call it plateau. Once it plateaus, it no longer begins to move upward, it will begin to decline. And finally, eventually, it will die. There are certain products that we no longer have today. Right? Polaroid cameras, for example. Meron pa ba? Malapit na mawala. Kung may Polaroid ka pa, booking ang edad mo. Dati, di ba? Ang parin yan. Polaroid. Wow! Sikat na sikat ka. Di ba? Dami nating photographer dito. Si Doktora. Ha? Doktora. Ayan, si Doktora. Si Bobby. Di ba? Si Pastor Reggie. Ako yung naabutan ko. You have to insert film. Right? And then you take, everything was manual. You want to take a portrait, you have a light meter. And you don't even know what the outcome is. Why? You have to bring it to Island Photo. <laughs> Here, Walgreens. And then you have to have it develop. And then after three days, ha, three days yan. Kasi dadalim pa sa Kiyapu yun eh. Nandun yung main lab. After three days, ang pangit pala ng kuha ko. Sayang ang film. Now, again, again. Why? Everything is digital. You see, if it were just an organization, right? It has a life cycle. Tapos, deceased. Dead na. But my friends, the church is not a building. The church is not just an organization. The church is an organism. It is alive. How do I know this? Well, the word church, the word is ecclesia. It is an assembly, a community of called out people. Are you a living organism, yes or no? Therefore, the answer to what is the church? The answer is 
you are the church. You are the church. Look at what First Peter chapter 2 says. Can we read this? But Now, don't go checking your Bible and looking kung talaga bang nakapula yun. Pinula ko lang yan para madali. I just highlighted it in red to emphasize the point. What does God say about you and I? You and I, we make up the church. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession so that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. So if you have been called from darkness and transferred to His kingdom of light, this you is you. Kita mo? Alam ni Leiden. What is a priest? A priest is a mediator between man and God. God speaks to the priest. The priest delivers the message to the people. The people go to the priest. The priest delivers to God. In the Olden Testament, in the olden times, this is how they did things. God spoke to prophets, and the prophet would speak to the people. But the book of Hebrews tells us in the latter days, God spoke through His Son. His Son, Jesus Christ, the High Priest forever. So the old priest had their life cycle as well. They could only serve 25 years as a priest. After that, they would have to be retired and a new priest come along. However, when this High Priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, He stands a priest forever. Because unlike the sacrifices, in the Old Testament, that the priest had to do time and time again, yet could not take away sins, this priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, once and for all, offered a perfect sacrifice. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. When you sit down as a priest, it means your work is finished. Who is our high priest? The Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are a child of God, are you part of this verse? Does this relate to you? Answer, yes. You are God's intermediary to the rest of the world. I, we are part of the church. Just as what it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. It's a beautiful picture of relationship. You and I belong to each other. We are part of something bigger. And each one of us is a part of it. Get it? Now, we are the body. Each one of us makes up the body. Each one of us is a member of that body. Right? 
But if we are body, what do we need? What is the most important thing for a body to function? Yeah, I got parts. I got, for example, your car. You have a battery, you have a starter, you have an engine, you have transmission, you have power windows, you have power steering. But if your main computer box is busted, that thirty, forty, or fifty thousand dollar vehicle you're driving, it's useless. Because you need the head. You need the most important part that runs and governs and directs the rest of the body. And who is that head? Ephesians 1.22 And He, God the Father, put all things in subjection under His feet, Jesus, and gave Him as head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. Therefore, who is the head of the church? Jesus Christ. God put Jesus Christ as head over the church, which is his body. Therefore, if you consider yourself to be part of the church, having been transferred from the dominion of darkness, placing your faith in Jesus Christ and transferred to his glorious kingdom of light, who is your head? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. A living organism. And what does the church do? The church is not a building. The church is not just an organization. It is an organism. It is body made up of several parts. It has a head in the person of Jesus Christ. But what does the church do? Well, we just come to church on Sunday. Pastor in song is there. We have some singing. We have this. We have that. Then we go home. Is that all that the church does? What does the church do? We have to be doing something, right? If you and I are a living organism, there must be something that we're doing to exist. Yes? Now what does the church do? The church, as headed by Christ himself, fulfills the commandments, the mission of the church. I hope you have memorized this. Right? Let's all read it. All authority. You see, it is very obvious I am not the head of the church. Because when I ask you to read this, not everyone read it. I have no authority. You know what I'm saying? Let's read it again. All authority. You see this right behind me. This is why we do what we do, because this is what our head, this is what our chief, this is what our commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ, told us to do before he went back to heaven. Now let's dissect it a bit. Number one, he tells us 
that he has all authority. We read it in Ephesians chapter 1 that God the Father put all things under subjection to Jesus Christ when it pertains to the church. All authority has been given to Jesus Christ. And what is this person of authority telling the rest of the members of his body? Go into all the world. Second, make disciples. See, the Bible doesn't tell us just to make Christians. The Bible commands us to make disciples. Becoming a Christian, coming to faith in Christ is just the first step of being a follower of Jesus Christ. The word disciple means follower. So if I just use this description, this definition of what a disciple is, and I claim to be a Christian yet not following Christ, I cannot call myself a disciple. Because until and unless I have began to follow my master, then I cannot be considered and I will not consider myself a disciple. So this person of all authority, Jesus Christ, tells me to go into all the world and to make disciples, introduce them to Jesus Christ, which is evangelism, and when these people, Lord willing, come to faith in Christ, to help them grow, to become more like Christ, which is discipleship. And what else does he tell us? He tells us to baptize them. A couple of months ago, 30 of you were baptized in water, making your public statement or declaration of your faith in Christ. And then what else? He said to teach them to obey. Teach them to obey all. All of the words of God. Not just teach them. That's quote-unquote very easy. But to teach them to obey is a totally different thing. And God tells us to teach them to obey all. And what is the promise? The promise, the assurance, the guarantee of success is that if you focus on this, the marching orders of our Lord Jesus Christ, if you just focus on this, you're assured of His presence. You're assured of His presence. So if we were to just break it down, we're supposed to go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them to obey. Right? Now, of course, everything is now modern. There are churches, mega churches, so many things going on, and there are so many ministries, so many activities. So what I did, I just Googled. I typed. Church ministries. And I'm just going to share with you the ministries that this one particular church, I'm not going to mention the name, what they are engaged in. All right? Are you ready? Here we go. Church ministries. Sa Matthew, ano sabi? Go and make disciples, baptize them, Teach them to obey. Yes? Dami? Marami ba? Hindi pa tapos. That's just, I cannot make it fit in one slide. 
that you can read it from wherever you are. So here's the continuation. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need these ministries. We will eventually, as the Lord brings in more people to His church. But we should not lose sight of the fact that the primary goal of the church, the primary mission of the church, is to go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. With the complexities of modern life, we might lose sight of the main thing, which is making disciples. Complicado na eh. Ang dami na. No. Ano yung kanina? Yan. Dali. Worship, benevolent, bereavement, deacon, outreach, visitation, adult, shut-in ministry for those who cannot go out. Brother Nat knows this. They're inbound people. Brother Nat helps by bringing food to them. Audio ministry, partnership with WJMS. I don't even know what that is. Van ministry. You know, you pick up the people, bring them to church. Uh, Carolina Faith Riders ministry. This is a ministry to those who ride motorcycles. Uh, Awana. A workman approved, adopt a child ministry, children's ministry, nurse, deaf, Monday morning prayer ministry, pastor's prayer partner, music ministry, missionary union, women's circle, youth ministry, college and adult ministries. And if we are not careful, we will miss out on the main thing, which is to make disciples. Now, what did they do in the early church? What did they do so successfully that the message of Christ, the message of the gospel got to us in the 21st century? Dalawang slide kaya? Apat na slide kaya? Tingnan natin. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Is that simple enough? Is that clear enough that you would just devote your time to the apostles' teaching during that time? They had the, the Old Testament prophets. The New Testament was just unfolding. But you and I today have the complete scripture from the Old to the New Testament, 66 books, spanning thousands of years, written by different authors, yet have one central story, mission, and objective. That is faith in Christ Jesus. They did it. They did it so effectively that the gospel message reached us. It wasn't complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. And all those who had believed were together. Remember? Community. Had believed, were together, had all things in common, and they began selling their property, possessions, and sharing with them as all might have need. The word ecclesia, community, people. When there was a need, somebody filled the need. If somebody needed this, some of them had to go to the extent or would go to the extent of selling their own property so that the others would not be in need. 
Can a building do that? No. But can a person do that? Yes. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. You see, day by day, tayo, linggo na nga lang eh. Diba? Grabe naman ang aga ng service. Diba? Brother Tony, may tea off tayo bukas, 5.30 ah. Oh, kita mo lang, nandun na daw siya, 5.30. Diba? Pero 9.30, oh, linggo, hirap gumising. Diba ang hirap talaga? Makabukas ka na, i-open ang email. Uh, dear Mr. Nolan, your uh, your uh, application has been received. Please be at the office tomorrow. That the, the the chief executive officer is going to interview for final interview. Six thirty palang nandung ana. Yes. Day by day, continuing in one mind, they had one goal. What did they do? They were not only confined to the temple the building that housed the church, they were not confined to just that. Where did they go? They went from house to house. And what were they doing? They were sharing meals. They were fellowshipping. They were praying. They were studying the Bible. You have this? Did you open it up? How many house-to-house -house churches do we have? Kita nyo? Tuesday, 7 p.m., Swanee Lane, West Covina. Wednesday, 7.30, Aranda Rain, Valencia. Fridays, 7 p.m., Ashworth Street, Lakewood. Friday, 7.30, Ivor Avenue, Rosemead. Friday, 6 p.m., Norland Ride, Eastvale. Saturday, North LAD Group, Paramount. Young men, Fridays, contact Dion. Young ladies, Thursday, contact Denise. Are we not doing what the early church was doing? From house to house. Studying the Word of God, fellowshipping, breaking bread. Now, what was the impact of these people to the rest of society during that time? Praising God, and they had favor with all the people, and as a result, the Lord was adding to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. They had a good reputation among the people. They had good relationship among the people so that they were able to introduce them to Christ. They were able to share the good news about Jesus and many people were coming to faith. But they found favor with the people. But that's them, Pastor. That was their time. I can't do that. I can't be as eloquent. I can't be this. I can't be that. You and I are all different people, yes? But you and I have individual gifts. Sometimes all it needs for you is to just open your home. Sometimes all it needs for you to do is just call up the person. 
Sometimes all it needs for you to do is bring a little pot of food. Just show hospitality. Just show some love. Connect with these people. Find favor with them so that you might be able to invite them so that they can, Lord willing, hear the gospel. But they will not want to hear the gospel until and unless they find favor in your life. You see, God did not just appoint your, the leaders of the church to do this. Jesus said, before he went back to heaven, he said in Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be, what? Can we read that? You shall be, whose witnesses? Witnesses of Jesus Christ. Both in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. It has been said that some people will never read the Bible. But it also has been said that for some people, the only Bible they will ever read is your life. And Jesus the head of the church is telling you and I, we are his witnesses. We are his representatives. We are his ambassadors. So it is upon us, it, it's dependent upon us how we live our lives, how we represent Christ, that could mean the opening for the gospel. But it could also mean the exact opposite, that the people around us could be so turned off with our mouthing and just mouthing that we're followers of Jesus Christ. But when they see how we live our lives, it's like we have no God at all. See, when Jesus left, he left you and I to be his witnesses. He left the apostles to be his witnesses, and they passed on the legacy, they passed on the baton. And in 2013, God is still telling us today that we, you and I, are his witnesses. We are his representatives. We are his ambassadors. And if we do our mission, right. What could be the result? In Acts 4, many of those who heard the message believed. And the number of men came to be, can you read that? 5,000. 5,000 in one day. Why? 
because the disciples, because the followers of Jesus Christ just did what they were supposed to do. They shared about Jesus. They just told the people, this Christ whom you have crucified is risen. This Christ who carried the penalty of your sin and my sin, he nailed it to the cross. And through his death, our sin is forgiven. They were just faithful to the mission that God called them to do. They had found favor with the people. They lived their life. They lived their Christianity out. They didn't just say that they were Christians. They didn't just say that they were followers of Jesus. They lived it out and they found favor with the people. And that became the opening for them to share. And in this particular instance, 5,000 came to faith in Christ. 5,000. Do you think we can see 5,000 people come to faith through what you and I will be doing for the Lord in the greater Los Angeles area? Kita mo na? Kaya hindi nangyayari. Look. Kaya it's not going to be achievable. Because the very people with whom God entrusted the message, Can we do this? Yes. Are you with us? Are we going to go? Yes. We're behind you, Pastor. Way, way behind you. Rara, pagtapas. Daig pa tayo ng ramkar. Kumbinsing. All it takes is for you. All it takes is for me. To follow Jesus in my life and to obey His command to make disciples. It could happen in our lifetime. But you and I must be actively involved. Each and every one of us must be actively engaged in making disciples. Why? Because you, 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 you are the church. It's not a building. It's not just an organization. It is an organism. It is alive and it thrives. It has its head in Jesus Christ and we are just members of His body, which we call the church. Are you part of the church? Or are you just along for the ride? Are you and I just spectators? We are so used to the traditional church that we have leaders. They're supposed to do the job and we're just along for the ride. I just give my tithes. I just give my offerings. Bahala na sila. It's their job. We want to follow the model of the early church. Just keep focused on keeping the main thing, the main thing. 
Go ye therefore into all the nations. Make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you. Even to the end of the age. Jesus asked Peter a very simple yet profound question. And I would like us to look at this question and search our heart as to how we as individuals will be able to answer. Jesus asked Peter this. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? So, a lot of people know about Jesus Christ. A lot of people know about Christianity. A lot of people know about discipleship. But do you know who Jesus Christ is to you personally? You see, the crowd gathered, the crowd followed. The crowd was waiting for the next miracle that Jesus would do. And Jesus asked Peter, Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, You are the Christ, Son of the living God. You are the Redeemer. You are the Savior. Only you can bring salvation. Do you personally know Jesus Christ? If Jesus Christ were standing here right now and he asked you the same question, who do you say I am in song? Will you be able to say, yes, Lord Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the Holy One of God. You are the Savior of my soul. And I place my faith solely and completely in you and you alone. Will you be able to answer that? See, Acts 4 verse 12 tells us, There is salvation in no one else. For there is no name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Therefore, it's imperative. Therefore, it is of utmost important that you individually will be able to answer the question that Jesus asked Simon Peter. Who do you say I am? Oh, you're just one of the gods. Oh, you're just head of one of the religions. Oh, you're just this prophet. Who do you say? Jesus Christ is to you. Because if you're relying on something or someone else, my friend, you might miss the mark. You might miss the point. Because salvation can be found in no one else. Because there is no name under heaven by which man shall be saved except Jesus Christ. Only Jesus died 
to pay completely and for all time the penalty of our sins. And He, Jesus Christ, that must invite us to a religion. He invites us to a relationship. He invites us to a personal relationship. That He said in John chapter 1, verse 12, As many as received Him, to those who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Not born of a human will or a husband's desire, but born of God. Jesus invites you. Jesus invites me. Jesus invites us to a relationship. Not a religion. Not to an organized church. But to His person. Have you? Are you able to answer that question for yourself? Who do you say Jesus Christ is to you? I answered that question more than 25 years ago. And I have not regretted that decision. Have you made that decision? To come to Christ? That He take over as the head of your life, the head of your family, the head of your finances, the head of your emotions, the head of everything there is about you, that you are willing to make Him the Lord of your life. If you would allow me to invite you, please, bow your heads, and if it helps you even to close your eyes, How would you answer that question? Who do you say Jesus Christ is? And if you're not sure, or if you have never considered Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord, perhaps today, right this moment, you could acknowledge Him as your personal Lord and Savior wherever you are. God is not more so concerned about the position of your body as He is with the attitude of your heart. So where you're seated right now and you feel God calling to you and asking you that question, it's up to you to respond. And if you say, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God, if you say, Lord Jesus, come into my life, make me the kind of new Christian you want me to be, then trust Him this morning. Give your life to Jesus and you will never be the same. If you like to do that right now, then follow me and say, Lord Jesus, I admit that I have sinned against you. I acknowledge 
that you paid for all of my sin when you died on that cross. I thank you for dying in my place. And by faith, I open the door of my heart and I invite you to come into my life. Be the Savior and Lord of my life, Lord Jesus. Believe that if you just ask Jesus to come in, He promised that if anyone opens the door, He will come in and eat with Him and He with Him. Maybe there are those of us who already asked Jesus Christ to come in to our lives. But as we've read, the world around us, the community, the society around us, doesn't seem to find favor with the way we live our Christian life out. And perhaps you can also use this time to ask God to move in your heart. Give you the strength, the desire. For He has already promised to give you the power to live out the Christianity that you claim to have. And just say, Lord Jesus, will you just take control? Will you live your life out in me? Will you teach me to surrender everything to you? Because if you died to set me free, then how will you withhold any good thing from me? Teach me, Lord God, to be the kind of disciple that would impact the world around me in our home, in the workplace, and even on the road where we many times fall. Father, be pleased. Be pleased with our life, Lord God, because you have told us that you are the head of the body and we are but members of your church. For this we will be forever grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.